Hello and welcome to the pod. I'm Nathan Fink. I'm Jolyn Drennan and this is New Hampshire Family Now. A show about building family in the Granite State. Today in the show, Jolyn joins me to talk stressors and her recycling bin. And later, Amanda Graponi-Osmer of Graponi Automotive Group joins us for a section we call Businesses That Build Family. New Hampshire Family Now is brought to you by the New Hampshire Charitable Foundation. Since 1962, the Charitable Foundation has worked hand-in-hand with generous and visionary citizens to maximize the power of giving and support, collaborate, and lead innovative initiatives. Initiatives like New Hampshire Tomorrow, which is focused on making sure children and families have access to education, healthcare, and career pathways to ensure every family member thrives. To learn more about New Hampshire Charitable Foundation and all their initiatives, go to www nhcf.org. This podcast was also brought to you by Family Support New Hampshire. Family Support New Hampshire is NH's coalition of family resource centers and family strengthening programs that exist to ensure Granite State families have access to resources so both caregivers and children can succeed because supported families are strong families. To find a family resource center near you, visit www.fsnh.org. Hey, it's Nathan, co-host of New Hampshire Family Now. I wanted to take a quick break from the show because it occurred to me the other day that I've never asked you to subscribe to this podcast. Subscribing is free, and when you do it, it helps our placement algorithms, making it that much easier for caregivers across New Hampshire to find valuable information and strategies for their families. Also, you'll be alerted when a new episode drops. And if you like the show, leaving a review helps us that much more. So go to wherever you get your podcast, type in New Hampshire Family Now, and as the kids say, smash that subscribe button. I say click it because if you smash it, then you're going to need a new one. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Do you know what's great about today? What's great about today? Tomorrow I leave for vacation. Oh, that's so exciting. Where I are you know. going? Back to Wisconsin. So if you want me to bring you anything besides a COVID variant, just let me know. <laughs> I am excited though, because I think I need this one more than I have needed a vacation lately. And I've been thinking about like, you know, that work life, home life balance. And um, I don't know what to do with the continuous mounting pressures, right? Because, you know, we're at work and we've got all this work pressure, kids now in school and soccer and camps. And I think I'm having trouble with this like balancing act because I don't know how to essentially deescalate myself. But I'm also looking at this and going, oh my gosh, these pressures are just going to keep increasing because I'm not ventilating them. Right. Stress management. Well, yeah. Okay, cool. Stress management as a phrase. But what do you mean by that? (laughs) Well, how are you managing stress? Do you put any intention around it? I mean, I try to exercise and I'm trying to eat better. And but like, I don't, it's not like I'm meditating. Well, I mean, I think it's important to know that when parents are stressed, children feel it. Yeah. They do, right? And Even though they don't show it. Right. And well, I mean, my game right now is I'm trying to hide it because I'm like, yeah, I know that like my stress, I'm going to emanate it. And my kids are in the room and they're perceiving and picking up on it, you know, from motions and, and all these things and even expressions on my face. So I'm not just like deeply invested in how far can I stuff this stuff down? Well, actually, I think probably a more positive approach um, would be to just acknowledge your feelings to your kids. So you're modeling that, you know, dad is stressed and 
then talk about it. And this is what I'm doing to handle it. And then you're showing them your human side. You know, you're showing them that it's okay to be stressed and to deal with, you know, like the, there's things you can do. Let's go for a walk. Let's do, you know, like let's play Legos. Let's do something that distracts you know, or just, just relieves it. It's like a release. It's stressing me out that my stress is stressing me out. (laughs) Okay. One. So I'm hearing you say stuffing it down, hiding it from my kids is actually avoiding a teaching moment. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Yeah. I think it is a, yeah, it's a teachable moment. And it's also, it's a release for you too. So there's like a mutual benefit of not that you should be like unloading everything on your kids, you know, age appropriate, of course. But yeah, I think it's healthy to model and show that, you know, parents have big feelings sometimes. And, um, and then, it shows them that that's okay. Can you give me an example of how you might engage in this conversation with your son based on a hypothetical <laughs> work stressor that has no basis in reality? So I think a couple of weeks ago I came home and I was um, pretty stressed out because I had some self-imposed deadlines that I did not meet. And I was, you know, I think I was just kind of banging around the house, like just fuming about it. And my son came in and was like, mommy, do you always have to fight at work? And I was like, but he stopped me in my tracks. And I was like, wait, what? I don't, I don't fight at work, but I just, but I, and then I had a conversation with him. I just said, sometimes, you know, sometimes when things aren't going as planned or there's, there's a change of plans, um, that can be stressful for mommy. And I have to, you know, and I, and then I talked about, you know what? You just saw me banging around in the kitchen, um, probably doing some, you know, probably opened a bottle of wine. Um, but that's not the healthiest of behavior. So that was actually an opportunity because he acknowledged it. That was an opportunity for me to say, you know what? Yeah. I could have gone on a walk and like, hey, let's go take the dog out for a walk. That's really smart because, you know, I, I mean, it's it's so basic, but it almost makes me think about the fact that. If you're not acknowledging it, you're actually not affording them the space to understand stress in their own life because regardless of how young they are, stressors can come from the playground or a teacher asking them to sit down in a tone that catches you by surprise. Then all of a sudden they've got this cortisol buildup. So the more that I kind of try to ignore and uh, let's just call it the great stuffing, <laughs> um, The more I try to do that, I'm actually not affording them the tools to process. Hey, no problem. Did I make you feel like a better parent? Uh, Well, (laughs) it's funny because I feel like in parenting, there's this you feel worse before you feel better. You know, so I got to go home and I got to kind of like sort that out. But I think it's really and then. Because I'm also, though, then thinking, right, those are just existing stressors. But I'm just looking at the mountain and saying, okay, stressors are not going anywhere. And it does scare me that they're going to be increasing geometrically because you just, you feels like you're stacking these. So what do you do about that stack? Well, I think there's a level of just self-assessment where you have to reality check yourself and prioritize things. Like what are the things that need to happen now? Like what's acute? And then what, you know, no one is going to explode if you don't respond to an email. This is something I have to tell myself all the time. Like after, uh, like it's just around, I think setting boundaries for yourself um, and not only just setting them, but maintaining them and like keeping fidelity to them. Like this is what my time is and that your family is the most important thing in your health. And that should be the priority. Right. Just reorganizing. I, I, that makes a lot of sense is reorganizing and then also giving yourself the space to say no. Later on in the second half of the show, Amanda Graponi Osmer comes in and we talk at length about the myth of work life, family life balance, because, you know, over the last two years, three years, those things have evaporated. The barrier between that has evaporated. And so now it's more about acknowledging, like you say, before you run headlong into it as a problem. Like you can look in your recycling bin 
<laughs> Let's not talk about my recycling. Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Because so, like, what are the measures? Like, what, how do you actually process the fact that you're about to, you know, see the rock slide? I think, I, to be honest, I'm not very good at it. I, I can, I can, t- I can talk about it, but I, I think I'm getting better at it. And it's always a work in progress. It's just a like, so I know like certain months of the year for us are going to be way busier than others. And I, and I do myself a disservice because I like, because I know this, I try to plan for it, but it just like creates more anxiety in my mind. Like, oh God, I need to get all this done. And da, 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 da. And that's the thing. I always get it done. And if it's a day later, then everybody's right. fine. Um, I think too, asking for help when you need it and having, um, and having a workplace that's supportive and that recognizes when that their when their staff is getting stressed out or the load is too much. And that has, you know, provides resources, um, and flexibility. It would be nice if, you know, that, because not everybody has that, you know, and obviously we're focusing on these businesses that build family because this is in fact something organizations can strive to be. What do you do when your workplace isn't? There is reality. I think that um, we're in a place where there are, I think employers um, are realizing that really everyone has a role in supporting families and supporting their workers. And if you, if you're having trouble hiring right now, maybe you should check your HR policies. (laughs) Maybe you should talk about them openly. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And um, because I mean, there's a degree of flexibility. We all have families, whether you have kids or not, or elderly parents that you need to take care of, or, you know, you know, other family members. I mean, it's, yeah, there's a degree of flexibility that that's just it has to be there because we can't just continue to work as if we don't have families and lives. That's true. Well, I uh, I really appreciate the conversation. Um, thank you so much for coming on. And it's good to see you as always. Yeah, thanks. And when we come back, Amanda Graponi Osmer joins us for our businesses that build family section. Don't go anywhere. Many thanks to New Hampshire's Office of Social and Emotional Wellness for sponsoring this podcast. Started within New Hampshire's Department of Education, the Office of Social and Emotional Wellness consolidates policy development and implements projects and programs that are focused on health and wellness with an emphasis on behavioral health of all students, youth, and families. To learn more about the Department of Education and its many programs and approaches, visit www.education.nh.gov. Today's show was also brought to you by Merrimack County Savings Bank, who proudly supports the mission and efforts of New Hampshire Children's Trust. Founded in 1867, Merrimack has served people, businesses, nonprofits, and municipalities in central and southern New Hampshire for over 155 years by treating everyone with care, respect, and compassion. Visit your local offices in Bow, Concord, Kentuckook, Hookset, and Nashua, or go to www.themerrimack.com. This podcast was brought to you by Nixon Peabody, who delivers exceptional legal services for clients in the community by combining high performance, an entrepreneurial spirit, deep engagement, and an unwavering commitment to a culture of collaboration, diversity, and humanity. Nixon Peabody works with universities, hospitals, and nonprofits of every size to maximize impact. For more information, visit nixonpeabody.com. Hello and welcome to the show. Today, I have the great pleasure of welcoming Amanda Graponi Osmer, owner of Graponi Automotive Group. Amanda, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. Thank you. First and foremost, congratulations on making uh, the New Hampshire's top 200. What an honor to be on that list. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. My first question, of course, I think everyone wants to know the state of your uh, chicken game. Have you rebuilt the colony at the house? (laughs) Well, the chicken coop, I think the chickens are now, I believe, the number 12. We lost a few um, to what we think is natural causes. We're not sure. There were no like, you know, paw prints. Down to 12, 10 laying hens and two uh, actually very nice roosters. 
Do chickens come in colony? I don't know what chickens come in. Uh, Lock, maybe? I don't know. Well, I've been thinking about it because of like more than anything, I think it's about finding a way to put your family at the center of your life for your work life. Uh, and, you know, I'm not being facetious about this because I think home life come work life these days is incredibly challenging. And I'm just wondering how you've been able to balance your work, family, life, given your tremendous business success over the years. I mean, first of all, I guess I would maybe dispel with the myth that there is such a thing as balance. That's, that's one thing I've learned. It's, it's really priorities. That's all it comes down to. So over time, I've had different priorities that have led to different results. And the best results personally for me have been when I put my family first in terms of prioritizing my physical time with them and my energy. Uh, I just remember being, because we had three kids in three years. So it was pretty busy. And our kids are now teenagers. But back when we first started out with being parents and whatnot, um, you know, I just remember coming home and thinking to myself one day, I have no energy left for my actual family by the time I'm done because between the nursing and the, you know, working full time and all that. And so uh, for me personally, what helped a lot was just making some changes to my diet and exercise routine and just come up with enough energy to focus on the people and the things that mattered the most. And then just kind of re-rank, I guess, because I I definitely fell into the trap of, um, I think, understanding falsely that my work was who I was. It it, it defined me too much. So I I think over the years, it's been easier now to understand what really truly matters. So I just need to prioritize things like that because our kids are going to be gone in a few years and I already miss them and they're not even gone. (laughs) It's funny. Mine too. I I miss them. My son, when he's at school, he comes home and he's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I I had a hard day, you know, and I'm just like flipping his ears around. Yeah. But I, I'm curious with that because it seems like you learn that uh, because you run into it like face first. You know, you all of a sudden mm-hmm. you have this moment where you're like, wait a minute, my priorities are not what I think they should be. And I'm wondering, you know, in your life, was that a slow realization? Was it a hard realization or you basically came to a dead stop and had to change gears? Well, I would say if I had been paying attention, I would have realized that slowly over a years it had been building up until it physically took me out with a back injury. Uh, and then, you know, there's a variety of things that happened around that same time with my brother. Um, and you're probably aware my brother passed away. He had cancer and he was my business partner as well as my brother. So there was just a lot of opportunity for really deep grief all at once um, for physical and emotional and spiritual reasons. And so, yeah, I definitely have been on the receiving end of the blessing of being completely taken down. And at the time, it did not feel like a blessing. Let me just say, it felt like there was no way back up. But you mentioned something about, I can't remember what phrase you used, but like facing things head on. You know, I guess what I have learned about myself over the last few decades is that I don't tend to skirt pain. I tend to go straight through the middle of it. And really that became clear to me, you know, like the choice that I, my husband and I made to do um, drug-free births that was important to us. And we were fortunate to have straightforward births. So all three of our kids were born naturally. Um, and our, our last one was actually born at home. And and that, kind of, you know, it didn't really occur to me for a while that that was a choice that I, it wasn't even a choice. I was like, no, that's just the way it's got to be. But I kind of reflect back on that as one of the first kind of foundational experiences in my life where I realized that I don't enjoy pain, but I also I recognize that it has a lot to teach us. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of times when life happens like that back injury, say uh, the death of a loved one, 
we are kind of in this context of our work lives as well. And, you know, being able to reprioritize and maintain a work life. And I know you said balance. That's kind of a misnomer. But I'm wondering about this from the because you are an owner of a business. Are there certain components or allowances that you've noticed over your years that actually help others embrace that in, a, in their roles in that particular business? Um, you know, I do feel like the, that term speed of the leader, there's a lot to that. And we have a team of um, six people who are the directors of our company. And we've all been, I mean, gosh, I'm actually the least tenured of all six of us. <laughs> and I've been there 25 years. So uh, we've got our president and our HR director and the woman who runs accounting and then our fixed ops person um, and my dad and myself. So all of those people, you know, we really do, I think, lead by example in terms of staying true to our mission, you know, not backing down from difficult things like when we made that transition in 2013 to completely changing our sales model. And we, it was a pretty bold move. It required a lot of bravery in terms of understanding that it was going to be painful on different levels. We lost 70% of our sales team, for example, that, that one year, um, lost a lot of money. You know, I call it investing in the future, but it was, it was a loss on the books. You know, we can't dance around that. So I think by all six of us showing up and just, you know, walking the walk and never expecting people to do something that we wouldn't do ourselves, that is really core to, I think, to solid leadership. I've, I've worked in places before where I'm just sure that my boss would never do what he was, he or she was asking me to do, you know, and that, that doesn't feel good. So you don't feel supported in a way that makes you really feel like you belong to a team that you want to be part of. So the whole sense of belonging, I think that's kind of where I always resettle. Um, not always, this hasn't always been that way. This is something I've learned over time is um, if people don't feel like they belong and this goes for any, any kind of group, whether you're in school or a sports team or, or the workplace, everything is just harder, you know? And, and I think to, in my mind, there's kind of a, a default mechanism where if you don't feel like you belong, then the defenses go up. And when defenses are up, it's very hard to penetrate into a person's true self, you know, and, and I speak from experience. Um, yeah. So I, I guess to answer your question, you know, we try to create an environment in which we, we have a very clear mission statement. Our mission statement is to build lifelong relationships with our team members and our guests in our community. And if we have a policy or a practice or something that if you overlay the mission on top of it, and there's any kind of gap or light coming in, we, we have to go back to the drawing board. And we've been pretty disciplined about that when it comes to how we pay people. Like it was a great example, I think during COVID when it first hit in 2020, you know, this is before anybody breathes a word about people. PPP or any kind of anything like that. And as a company, you know, it didn't even occur to us that there was another option. We sat together twice a day, the directors met and um, I would update every, we have about 340 team members and every day I'd send out six days a week, um, I'd send out an update on what the directors knew about the local, uh, the national and the global situation, because it didn't obviously it affected people's health, uh, but it also affected our inventories, our ability to actually have product to sell. So communication is really key, but I think through that entire time, you know, what became clear to me again, and which I'm just so proud of is that the team of people I get to work with every day, we're so like-minded when it comes to how do you care for the team first? So we didn't make layoffs. You know, we kept people whole, even if they were working half schedules, because we had to, you know, band into these forms of like 18B team for the technicians, for example, so that we could try to keep people from, um, in terms of contact tracing, taking out entire shops <laughs> back when contact tracing was a thing. Um, yeah. So I, I just, I guess the simple answer is to lead by example. And um, if somebody finds themselves in a position where they know in their hearts that, that they're not part of something that is the right thing to be part of, 
um, exercise the option to find find the place where you belong. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really heartening to hear that because it seems like I'm hearing that more and more. And I'm wondering in the circles of business leaders, are you seeing kind of a change in the way that others are working as well to better embrace workers and their families? Yeah, ultimately, flexibility for the worker has really risen to the top here. And I, I'm happy to see it because over the years, I've toyed with the idea of, you know, maybe we can have some of our team members work at least some days at home might be easier for them on their family schedule. And we've always found ways why it wouldn't work. And the great gift of COVID was, well, guess what? Now you're going to find a way. (laughs) And we did, we have, we still have people working at home who never did before, like appointment coordinators um, or the guest experience center. If you're interested in buying a car, you call in because you saw something on the website, that person is probably sitting in their living room now and not at Grapponi. So, and, and what we also found too, is that because we have a real strong culture, people so missed being together. So I, what I, what seems to be happening now, you know, now that we've had a couple of years to kind of look back on this is that that combination, that hybrid combination of some time at home, but t- also time with your work friends and work family. Um, that seems to be really important. Me too. I, I love working from home on certain days. If I can, you know, try to help clean or cook or something and get some of this stuff done out of the way that normally I would do maybe before or after the work hours. It just makes my day a little bit longer. If, if I'm in between meetings and I can throw dinner on, like that to me is a total win. <laughs> and, and I know that that's true of other people too. So it's good. It's just good to be refreshed. We've been closed on Sundays uh, other than just holiday weekends, but um, this we have four Sunday openings this year, but we've been closed on Sundays for as long as I can remember. And really it just is kind of a nod to the fact that as a business, like the organism that our business is needs a rest. You just, you can't just keep driving and going because there, all of us, me included, would find some way to show up. There's a lot to it. And I think there's a lot of benefit. And I love to see when people are so dedicated and devoted that they are motivated to come in and they want to show up. Like to me, that's the success of having created a, a place with solid leadership is that your team members are excited to show up for work and they're happy to be there. It's it's so awesome to hear you say this because I keep thinking about that Venn diagram that is like, okay, so here's my work me, here's my home me in this idea that I'm not sure there what the spaces are on each of the sides because they're so overlaid these days and there's something so freeing in that. But I'm wondering because of this, you know, this discussion around, you know, business leadership, thinking from the head of an organization that, like you said, it's an organic, almost like a hive mind, right? Have you found that some of kind of those lessons learned in your position as owner of Grapponi Automotive Group, translate down to your parenting? Or are they so different that it's kind of like, look, there's hats that you're putting on and taking off and putting on? Or how do you how do you negotiate that? Somebody very wise once told me that when I was in conversation with her, you know, I thought I was the genius mom with the amazing insight. And I said, what I need to do is run my family the, the way I run my business. And she looked at me and she said, no, you need to run your business the way you run your family. And that really stuck with me because it forced me to understand the difference between how I approach each of those things. Um, but I would say that the core, the fundamentals, like if I, if I'm being honest and true to myself, the core things are not going to change no matter where I go. That's my job in life is to be authentically, you know, if I, if my mission in life is to be kind and honest and have integrity, I can't pick and choose where the integrity shows up. You know, that that's something that I think has really become crystal clear at work. Um, you know, through a deep personal experience, I realize the great importance of 
you know, being a, a woman of my word and what happens when you're not, when, when I stray from that, what are the negative side effects? So if I see that in my family life or my work life, I, I need to respond that that's just, you know, I, I guess the easy way of putting this is that the core should never, ever change. Like I have way more responsibility at work than I do at home, um, which is great because I love being able to divide and conquer. My husband uh, was a stay at home dad when our kids were little. And that, let me tell you what a gift that was, because there's no way I could have without an open mind and an easy heart. I never could have left the driveway if he, if I didn't know he was there taking care of everything from cooking to cleaning to getting him dressed and, you know, being goofy with him and watching uh, Curious George, which I always missed out on, but <laughs> don't worry. The Curious George is still there so I can catch up. It's absolutely uh, incredible to hear this. I mean, talk about a business that builds family integrity, it shows up, it shows up and it will show up the same way in the same circumstance as it should. And picking and choosing when that shows up, that is anathema to the the parent I want to be or the kids I want to have. In our, our industry in particular, it's very easy to highlight lack of integrity because how many people of our age have had bad car buying experiences? Pretty much everybody. Even now, there continues to be predatory lending and misleading, misguiding things. I mean, I remember seeing a couple years back, some dealer was advertising an oil change for some ridiculous amount of money, like $9.99 or something. And then on the bottom, it was a newspaper ad. And at the bottom, there was this fine print that says, does not include oil. So that just kind of like the bait and switch advertising, all that stuff. And and I really feel like the team that we've been able to assemble, especially after changing the way that we um, sell cars back in 2013, it really allowed for us to just open up the doors to people who believed in our mission and not people who believed in car sales. And that to me is like, and I know I, I don't want to just focus narrowly on sales because we have other our operations and other departments that just do tremendous work every day, but I, I it's easy to pick on car sales. So, so I do. <laughs> no, it is. And I'll tell you, I had a, a bad experience last time because I didn't go to Groponi. See what I did there? Thanks for that plug. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I um, This has been an absolute pleasure to have you on. I, of course, every time we talk, whether it's, not, it's chickens or us just talking about whatever, I really appreciate it. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you. It was great to be here. To visit Graponi Automotive Group, go to www.graponi.com. Many thanks to the Samuel P. Hunt Foundation for sponsoring this podcast. Established in 1951, Samuel P. Hunt Foundation is a Manchester-based, independent nonprofit that provides grants primarily for the arts, children and youth services, faith-based organizations, educational institutions, healthcare, and human services. Today's show was also brought to you by the Children's Hospital at Dartmouth-Hitchcock and the Child Advocacy and Protection Program, a multidisciplinary program with the Children's Hospital established to evaluate and provide integrated care to suspected victims of child maltreatment. Together, a team of physicians, advanced practice registered nurses, social workers, nurses, and child life specialists work to provide consultation and evaluations of children who are suspected victims of abuse, so to serve in the best interest of children and families at multiple levels of prevention. For more information about Children's Hospital at Dartmouth-Hitchcock and the Child Advocacy Protection Program, visit www.chadkids.org backslash child advocacy. New Hampshire Family Now is listed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and more. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or ask your smart speaker to play New Hampshire Family Now.